Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Paranormal Journal. Ah, man, it's October 21st. Halloween's coming, folks. Halloween's coming. Everybody that's tuned in, uh, thanks for joining me tonight. Um, Just getting started back with the uh, the Paranormal Journal. I did this podcast, man, a long, long time ago, probably like mm, 12, 15 year range, something around there. Can't exactly remember what year it was I started it, but uh, it was on another uh, Paranormal Network. And um, bringing it back, man, bringing it back. Going to try to get out here and uh, get some good uh, stuff for everybody to hear. We're going to do some EVPs tonight, talk about some of our cases I've been on over the last 20 years. Um, Sarge, what's up, man? Um, got Nick out there. Deb, what's up, everybody? Um, yeah, we're going to go over some of my good EVPs that I've called over the years. Um, talk about some of the cases, some upcoming cases. Uh, we're going to be doing some stuff with uh, one of the, another uh, host that's going to come on with uh, Nick. Just trying to iron out some stuff, and uh, before we get him on, and we're, he's he's kind of he's one of my investigators, but he's an histor- uh, historian too. He's going to be doing all our uh, background checking on all of our locations and stuff like that. So it's going to be pretty cool. Um, we're going to start out tonight talking about some of the cases I was on when I first started back in. Uh, it's probably like 2005. We started HAPS uh, probably around 2006, which is the Harrisburg Area Paranormal Society. Uh, myself and uh, Don Frank started this back in 2006. And it's been running ever since. Uh, we took a little break for a while, some unfortunate incidents that had happened. and uh, But now we're back, back in a, in a big way. So... Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Ghost Dives Paranormal, Big Sarge and the guys. And you guys are awesome. You know, thanks for uh, actually Big Sarge got me back into uh, paranormal investigating. So uh, I was down for a while behind some stuff that had happened in an investigation and uh, brought me back from the dead, basically, <laughs> because I was out. And uh, but I'm back, man. I'm back strong. And uh, we're going to do this thing tonight. So let's just jump right in. Uh, one of the first cases I ever did was in a house in Maryland. It was in Westminster, Maryland. And, uh, man, we, we had had a lot of activity in the house. The owner said that uh, she had been slapped by something as she got out of the shower, like something smacked her on her rear end. And um, she was freaked out, man. She was really freaked out. She, uh, she got the hell out of Dodge. They moved out. And that basically, you know, they just left the house. They just abandoned it. It was gone. We moved it. But when they left out, we came in to investigate. The house was empty. There wasn't even any power on. There wasn't any water on. I actually had to take a generator into the place and uh, just to run our camera system. So, and we didn't have a whole lot back then when we first started. But um, it was it was pretty interesting case for the first one we ever did. I mean, it was. It was pretty mind-blowing, uh, the, the amount of activity we had right away. And uh, it was it was a pretty creepy house, man. Like, it would do things like it had a lot of intelligence to it. So we would set cameras up. We didn't have a whole lot of cameras back then. So 
you know, we, we set them up where we thought the most activity would be. And this thing would, it would do stuff, you know, where the cameras weren't. Then we would move the cameras. The cameras, you know, it would do stuff there. We move the cameras back. It would do stuff back where we had the other cameras. It was, it was pretty cool. We had a lot of uh, noises, bangs, uh, intelligent responses. We'd ask it to do things, and it would do it. And it was actually using equipment to talk over, too. We had a doorbell motion sensor, and uh, we had it up in the attic. We were hearing things up in the attic, and the, the attic was completely empty, but we were hearing bangs, like stuff was moving around, hearing voices, and uh, there was nothing in the attic. So we stuck a, uh, a doorbell motion sensor in the attic. And the sensor went off only because Don was up there. It wasn't anything paranormal. But when it goes off, you hear a voice over the the doorbell sensor. It, it sounds like a woman saying, help me, please help me. Um, and I'm going to play that clip for you here. All right, here we go. Check it out. I don't know if you guys heard that out there, but it's definitely saying, help me, please help me. I'll play it again, too. But it's definitely saying, help me, please help me. Don had a hard time figuring out what it was. But uh, I'm going to turn the sound up a little bit, and uh, I'm going to play that again. So let's see you guys hear that out there. I don't know if you guys are hearing it, but uh, let's see. I can play it one more time if you guys want to hear it again. Yeah, that was an awesome clip, man. And we were both like, what the hell? Yeah, and we. When it happened, we didn't really hear it. We just heard the doorbell sensor go off. And we were like, what the hell? That's definitely a woman saying, help me, please help me. And um, but we had so much stuff going on in the attic. And then I was kind of getting forceful with what was ever in the house. And I was like, you know, you like touching women, you know, touch me, do something to me. And we had like a little moment of just being quiet to see if we get a response. And uh there's a little uh, profanity in here because it scared the hell out of me. So uh, don't mind the profanity, but uh, <laughs> it's actually, I think I cut the profanity out, but uh, this is one of the clips we heard. It was a, a moan. Pretty cool clip. my uh little playback there <laughs> but that's what it sounded like it sounded like like a moan coming out of the wall that's what it sounded like and i'll play that clip again <laughs>
That was me sniffling, sorry. Day, man that was one creepy ass house man uh we did a bunch of investigations there and i think you know one of the last few times i'd been there uh we were in an investigation in landon house and we were driving back and we had to go past that house to get home and i still had the key to the place i still had permission to be in it whenever i wanted until they sold the house and uh i said man let's stop in don he's like all right man let's go and it's just about three o'clock in the morning you know, I was cool right up till I put the key in the door. I put the key in the door, and uh, man, when I turned the key and went in, I had a really, really bad feeling. I was like, "Man, this is uh, this ain't good." <laughs> I'm walking through the house. I'm like, not feeling it. I'm like, I didn't say anything to Don, but I was a little, I was a little on edge. I was a little frightened that something was going to happen because the the more we investigated, the more things started to progress. And, and and get more, you know, more forward with us and, and trying to scare us. And, uh, man, it, it it was really creepy. We got to the back. Now, mind you, there's no power in the house. Um, everything's gone. They, I mean, they took everything out of it. I don't even think there was any fire alarms in the house anymore. But, uh, you know, we're in the back of the bedroom where the woman got slapped. And um, we're just asking some random questions. And I kid you not, a, a shoe rack came off of the door that was the only thing that was left was a shoe rack a really big one it came off the door and slammed down on the door but right when it happened i mean it scared the hell out of me but right when it happened we heard these snapping noises like someone snapping their fingers like and right when that happened that's when the the uh shoe rack came off the door and slammed down about it was about three feet behind me man i almost jumped out of my shoes man i was like i looked at him i was like man i think it's a sign we better get the hell out of here so we left and uh, we were driving home. And I was like, man, I tell you what, dude, I was, I was a little worried. He's like, well, I was like, I didn't want to tell you. I said, but I wanted to get the hell out of there the moment I walked in the door, man. And he's like, dude, I felt the same way, man. He said, there's something bad in here. I don't know what it is. I said, but it's bad vibes, man, like bad mojo. I was like, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't live in there. People are living there now. I, I drive by it all the time. And uh, there, I see someone out there cutting the grass all the time. So I'm like. I want to stop in and say, hey, man, can we investigate it again? But then back in my mind, I'm like, uh, man, I don't know if I want to ever go back in that place again. But uh, it was definitely cool. Um, I'm going to play some of the knocking noises that we heard up in the attic, which were almost like direct responses to us asking questions. And they're pretty loud. So I'm going to play this one. This was in the laundry room. We were in the laundry room, but we were hearing knocking. They had a pull-down attic. Uh, you pulled it down and you could get up into the attic, but we were hearing the knocking noises right above us in the attic. So here's uh, that clip. Can you make a knock for us? Whoa, whoa. Did you hear that? Whoa, whoa. Thank you. We heard that. Can you do it again?
Can you do that again for us, please? I mean, that's just uh, some of the, the knocking responses we got out of there. Um, we definitely caught some really, really cool stuff out of there. Um, over probably five investigations and hundreds and hundreds of hours of of uh, going over audio, it was it was a lot. Um, we were just exhausted after that investigation. And um, I'll tell you, I, I'd like to go back, but I'm kind of a little on the fence about going back. You know, I'm saying, eh, I don't know if I should go back there or not. So maybe one day I'll get the courage to go up there and knock on the door and say, hey, let us back in, you know. Uh, but who knows? So a couple of years down the road, we, we had a bunch of investigations, you know, here and there, between there and uh, we actually got a case. It was a pretty cool case. We didn't have a, a whole lot of stuff that happened, but we did get a real direct response of some, you know, we asked whatever's in the house to tell us his name. And we did get a direct response. And it almost sounds like uh, someone saying, like, their name, like, Adam Weaver. Um, and you guys might be able to hear it. It's really low, but... It's there. I mean, you can hear it if you, you got a set of headphones on. You can hear it. I'm going to play it and see if you guys can hear it. If your name isn't George, can you tell us what it is? That was it right there. It's like right at the end. It's like Adam Weaver. If your name isn't George, can you tell us what it is? That was it right there. It's right at the end. I don't know if you guys could have heard it or not. It was really low, but it's definitely, definitely there, saying Adam Weaver. Um, we've had a place that we investigated, man, such a long time. You know, it's this is good playing a lot of EVPs because a lot of people don't get to hear this kind of stuff, you know, other than if you're a paranormal investigator, you get to hear it. But, you know, people that, don't do this kind of stuff, you know, just getting into it and hearing a disembodied voice or hearing footsteps just come out of thin air and there's nothing there. It's a pretty amazing, amazing event that happens. And um, the first time you ever hear it and you're, you've been investigating, you haven't had anything happen. You hear a disembodied voice pop out of thin air and you're hooked. You, you, you can't stop investigating after that. And then, it leads into, you know, you organizing your group and now you're trying to find answers to this phenomena, you know. And uh, our, one of our first clients was uh, up in Duncannon, Pennsylvania. And uh, we actually did a television show with the family called The Haunted. It was on the animal planet. And uh, this place was pretty active. It was very active. They seemed full-bodied apparitions, um, 
voices. I mean, even people that had never even don't live in the house had seen this old man that lived in the house prior. His name was Bill. And uh, the kids uh, were going to school one day. And the, the mother was at the door. The kids got on the bus, left. So the next day, the bus pulls up and said, hey, uh, the, the girl that lived there, his name was Laura. Um, and she said, hey, Laura, who was, was that your uh, grandfather staying with you? She said, there wasn't nobody staying with me. And he said, you sure there was an old guy standing behind you uh, in the doorway when you, when you put the kids on the bus? And she was freaked out. She's like, oh, my God. And I think right after that, that's when the husband seen him coming up out of the basement. And um, we had tracked it back to the family that had lived there before. And we found out that the guy lived there, his name was Bill. And there was like all these coincidences, coincidences that were like falling in alignment. It was really weird. They had bought a dog and they named the dog Leroy. Kind of an odd name for a dog, but they named him Leroy. So, you know, we're, we're digging into the history of the house. We find out the guy's name's Bill. He lived there. He was forcefully removed from the house uh, from the family because he was sick and no one could take care of him. So his brother, this is this was is really interesting. The brother had him forcefully forcefully removed from the house and put in a hospital. I mean, and literally forcefully. I mean, he was kicking and screaming. He didn't want to go. He wanted to die in that house, and uh, it was his home. He wanted to die there. So. We found out the brother's name, <laughs> and you're not even believe it, but the brother's name was Leroy. Now, how in the hell would anybody know how to name, you know, name their dog Leroy? And the guy that lived there prior, his brother's name was Leroy, and forcefully removed him from it. It's just a totally weird situation. And uh, we, had, we had met the granddaughters of Bill and the, the daughter that had lived there. Uh, we we met so many people that was involved with this case. It, it really got pretty big, and um, it was it, it came full circle, which was pretty awesome. A lot of cases don't come full circle circle like that, but it came full circle circle for us. And uh, I thought it was probably one of the most amazing cases that I did. That we were able to meet these people and we traced stuff back, and it was just totally amazing. And that's what I'm looking for with uh, Nick to do is. Uh, coming on this and we're going to dig into the history of a lot of these places we investigate. And, uh, it, it's just so amazing, um, what we, what we did. And it was actually, it was, it was really emotional. I mean, the, they came in and the, you know, these people hadn't been in this house since they were kids, you know, and now they're all, they're all old. They're, they were all in their sixties and they had been, they hadn't been in this house since they were kids. And, it was it was a really cool experience. We had a really good time, and we met a lot, a lot of cool people, and uh, it was it was awesome. But uh, I'm going to play some of the clips that we had uh, caught from that house. And uh, now, mind you, every time we've investigated, we were the only ones in the house. There was no one else. It was just me and Don, and uh, Amy was there sometimes, but it was on and off uh, who we had there. But most of the times, it was just me and Don. And uh, we're sitting at the kitchen table, and we hear a voice. And um, we'll play that for you. Stranger, if you're here, let us know.
that. Oh no. Did you hear that? Yeah. It sounded like yes, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it said yes. We both were like right at the end, like yes. I'll play that again for you guys. Sandra, if you're here, let us know. What was that? Oh no. Did you hear that? Yeah. It sounded like yes, didn't it? Yeah. That was a really cool clip. That was that was actually one of the first disembodied voices we had heard in the house. And uh man, it was it was awesome. We were both looking at each other like first I didn't know what it was, and he's like, It sounded like yes. I'm like, Yeah, it sounded like yes. Real whispery, like, yes. I was like, Oh man, <laughs> that was cool. Uh we actually heard uh footsteps in the house too, which was really, really cool. And um it's kind of low on the recording. You might not hear it too well, but I'm going to play it anyway. But we were up on the second floor, and we heard footsteps come from the front door through the dining room into the kitchen. And uh, it's, it sounded like a man with boots on. It was pretty loud, and there was no one downstairs. We were all upstairs. So I'm going to play that clip for you. Whoa. Did you hear that? Dude. I heard that. They were footsteps. Where? Downstairs. It sounded like a lot of shuffling in the kitchen, like right below us. Dude, that was footsteps like shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear them. It's kind of low, but they were definitely footsteps. Um, we had another clip in here. Don was kind of getting, we, we had been investigating all night, and Don was getting kind of irritated, and he's like, I'm just going to get stern with whatever's in the house and see if you know something happens. Uh, and it was it was quiet all night. We didn't have anything happen. And uh, I'll play this clip for you, and you can hear it. It's a pretty cool clip. So what, now you're not going to do anything for us? You're just going to be all quiet all night and not do a damn thing? That was cool. That was a really cool clip. It was like, no, no, or something like that. So it, it was an awesome clip. Me and Don were like, holy shit. <laughs> it was cool. I'll play it again. So what, now you're not going to do anything for us? You're just going to be all quiet all night and not do a damn thing? Yep, that was it, man. That was, that was one awesome case we did. Um... This case, the next case I'm going to talk to you about, this was a pretty cool case, too. We actually did a blessing in this house, and uh, it was a new house, really nice house, probably million-dollar range house. It was very beautiful house, all modern, new. Uh, it was farmland at one time. We did, we did trace it back to that, and, uh, man, they had a lot of weird, weird stuff happen in this house. Uh, the wife woke up seeing a a figure standing over her husband, and then he woke up and seen the same figure standing over his wife. He described it as this, like a cloaked figure or something with the sunken face, and uh, he said it was quite disturbing looking. But he said things would disappear in the house, which was, it was pretty cool because he said that a ruler had disappeared, this metal, flat metal ruler, it disappeared for months, he, has, he couldn't find it. He said, man, I looked everywhere. I searched everywhere in the house. I couldn't. I can't find a damn thing. 
He said, but we're hearing the noises. We're hearing the slapping noise like the rulers being slapped down on the desk or slapped down on the counter. And we go to look for it. We can't find it. And uh, so, you know, he's telling us all these things and they're hearing voices in the house too, disembodied voices like of a man. And they had two dogs. They were both German shepherds. And the German shepherds started just going nuts one day when the son, the oldest son was in the house and they're just barking at something. They're looking at something. They're barking at something. He said they couldn't see it. But then all of a sudden he hears a man go, shut up, like really loud in the house. And uh, he was freaked out. And he's like, man, it was definitely a man's voice saying shut up. He said he went outside and thought maybe it was someone outside. He checked outside. No one's outside. He checked around back. No one's out back. And he was just befuddled where this came from. Uh, and not a week later, it happened again, this time with the father. The father heard it. And the father thought the same thing. It was someone outside. And uh, the dogs were barking at something they couldn't see again. And all of a sudden, he heard the same voice. Shut up. There's, whatever's in the house is telling the dogs to shut up. And uh, it was... It was freaking awesome. I wish I could have heard it, but I, I never heard it. But we did catch some really cool clips in the house of uh, of whatever was in it. And I actually got a clip of the door opening, which I, I downloaded the sound. And you'll hear the door open up on its own. The front door opens up on its own. It unlatches. You hear it unlatch. And it opens. Don actually thinks that I came in the house, but I was at the store. I wasn't. There and I know I shut the door on the way out and locked it because they were in the house by themselves. And the door unlocks and opens by itself. And uh, I'll play this clip for you. You'll hear it. It's it's pretty cool. That was Don. You hear Don in the background. Is that you, John? Hello? If you hear the door open, it definitely opens. I'll play it again. That was the wrong clip. I'm sorry. There we go. Front door opening. Yeah, that was, I don't know if you guys heard it, but yeah, the front door definitely opened up on its own. Um, next clip, same location. I'm downstairs. We're not even uh, investigating yet, but I had set out static recorders, you know, you know, through the night. I'll set out static recorders through the whole house from beginning, from the time we get there to the time we leave. Try to Try to hit one in every room, because sometimes you can ask a question during EVP sessions. Which EVP session is electronic voice phenomena. You're, you're trying to open a line of communication with whatever's in the house. You're trying to get that same response back to questions you're asking. So, you know, we're, we're opening a line of communication to whatever's in, in the location. Uh, like people say stuff about uh, Ouija boards and they're dangerous and this and that. Well, you know, doing EVP sessions is. Almost the same thing as playing with a Ouija board, except you're not using 
an object to ask the questions. You're asking the questions. You're waiting for a response. So I'm downstairs in this house. I'm asking questions, you know, and it's just quiet. We get we just get to talking about whatever's in the house. And I say, yeah, you know, this thing's probably uh, probably afraid of. It's probably not going to have nothing happen much on late, you know. Well, we didn't hear anything at the time, but in the son's room on the second floor, we hear, we, we didn't hear it, but we captured a voice in the son's room saying, I'll show you, you son of a bitch. And I'm going to show, I'm going to play that clip for you. And uh, it's, it's pretty cool. I don't know if you guys heard it, but it's, it's real whispery, but it says, I'll show you, you son of a bitch right there. That's it. I'll play it one more time for you. Yeah, it definitely didn't uh didn't like us too much. <laughs> definitely did not like us too much. Um we actually had a we did a blessing in the home and uh this is when I kind of figured out the blessings don't really work too well. And uh People that, you know, say that, you know, you can throw sage around and uh, holy water and, you know, oh, yes, this is going to work. It's really, you're going to get rid of whatever's in the house. You do this, you blow some sage around and throw some holy water around and say some prayers and it's going to go away. Uh, In the real world, that doesn't really work. In movies, that works, but not in the real world. Not in real and paranormal investigating, that doesn't work. Uh, I've been a part of a lot of uh, investigations and a lot of blessings that, you know, I fell into the whole TV genre of, yeah, this is going to work because, you know, it works in the movies. And, you know, when I first started, I didn't really know any better. So here I am being an ass and doing blessings. And guess what? It didn't work. And actually the activity came back and it came back worse. So. Yeah, Sarge, it's demonic, you know. Like you, like we, like me and Sarge always say, demonic cells. So, you know, like look at all the Conjuring movies and you know anything demonic cells. You know, oh, it's it's a demon. It got scratched. Ooh, it scratches. It's, it's demonic. It's a foul smell. It's demonic. Anything that's that has anything, it's somebody got scratched. Three scratches. It's, it's the marking of the Holy Trinity. I don't know whoever made all this crap up, but, you know, I've never seen anything demonic in in all the years I've been doing it. And I'm going to stick to my guns with it until somebody proves me wrong and shows me otherwise. I'm going to say there ain't any demons. Not at all. Uh, If you want to continue to watch the movies and think there's demons, then, you know, have at it. But, you know, any real paranormal investigator is going to tell you, I ain't never seen anything demonic. And if there there is, where's the proof? Where's the video? I mean, this is this is 2021, folks. If there's real demonic possession, there's going to be a video of it. If there was some real levitation, there's going to be a video of it somewhere. What's what's the church hiding demonic possession for? It's been around for thousands of years, allegedly. So, but still no proof. I mean, you got the Conjuring movies, The Exorcist. I mean, that was one movie that really creeped me out was The Exorcist, but 
it's movie. It's a movie, you know. Movie magic. Movie garbage. Movie mumbo jumbo. Hocus pocus. Shit. <laughs> to put it lightly, it's it's not true. Um, so I'm gonna play you some more clips from some of the places I've been in. Um, let's see here. What's some good one I was at? Okay, this was a cool. This was a case we did. Newcastle, Pennsylvania. We actually were aired on Ghost Nation with it. Um, probably one of one of the scariest places I've been in. That was uh, there was something there that was wasn't very nice. And I'm not going to say it's demonic, Sarge. <laughs> I, I won't do it. I'm not going to use the D word, man. I'm not going to do it. But there was something not nice in the house, and uh, it was picking on a young girl. Which I'm going to have these people on, folks. So. I'm going to bring my clients on the show talking about their real frightening events in their homes. And you're going to hear it right from the horse's mouth. I'm not going to tell you my stories. They're going to tell you their own. And uh, I, I just got to get some, some, of, some of these clients lined up, which they've already agreed. I just got to set some dates for them. And they're going to come on. They're going to tell you their experiences from childhood. Uh, they've had a lot of experiences, not just moving into a certain house. It's been following their whole lives. So, and, and uh, myself and, and Sarge, you know, we, we talked with uh, Dr. Barry Taff and Dr. Barry Taff is a pioneer in paranormal investigations. I mean, the guy's done over 4,500 investigations. Uh, he's kind of put paranormal investigating on the map. I mean, you hear about the Warrens, but, uh, you know, they they don't make a whole lot of movies about this guy. They've made one, and that's called The Entity. Uh, it was made back in the 80s. He was a part of that investigation, which was cool. And uh, we talked to Dr. Taff. I talked to him quite a bit, and um, he was saying that a lot of cases, probably 80% of them, are poltergeist activity, which is based around an individual. And he's not lying because a lot of my cases are based, the activity is based around an individual that has had activity their whole lives. Uh, just like this Newcastle case that we will have the Masajadas on here and they're going to talk about their experiences. And uh, they had actually, uh, they actually lost their daughter um, in this house. And, um, she had an undiagnosed heart condition, but whatever was in the house was definitely gearing the activity towards her, scaring her the most. And um, we had actually caught some really, really creepy uh, disembodied voices on our on our cameras when we were there. Uh, one one said, "You know, we were downstairs, and they did have a Ouija board, and they." Did play with the Ouija board, and they did get responses on the Ouija board. Uh, not saying that the Ouija board caused this, but you know they were playing with it. They were opening a line of communication with whatever there, or whatever's following her. Um, and the background of her is she lived out in Arizona, and you know things didn't really start happening to her until her she her uncle was a relic hunter. And they had dug up some uh, Indian burial site and, and they took some pottery. And I think he had actually took some bones and uh, 
that's when the activity started. And uh, it's been happening to her ever since. So, you know, is it did, did something attach itself to her way back then? That's possible. That's definitely possible. Because I know since then she said she had activity and her husband never had any kind of activity his whole life until he married her. And uh, I don't know, man, like it's, it's unexplainable. It's definitely based around certain individuals. And uh, I'm going to play this one clip. We caught, we, we were, we had the Ouija board out. We were looking at it. And as an investigator, I want to know if the things work, does it work? We got the Ouija board out. We put our hands on it. We messed with it for about an hour. Nothing happened. It didn't move. I know the board's real suggestive. It's slippery. The planchette moves. It moves real easy. It can be manipulated by someone that's with you playing it. So, you know, nothing really happened. But while we were playing with it, we captured a voice on the second floor on Carl's video recorder. And it's definitely a disembodied voice. And it says, I'll kill his kids. Um, pretty disturbing. I've, I've never had a of so-called ghostly or catchy EVP that says something like that. So I'm going to play that clip for you. That was it right there. That was it. I hope you guys heard that. It's kind of low on this. Definitely says I'll kill his kids. And um, we uh, we called, we captured some other EVPs too, which the client was hearing a baby crying in the house, like a small child crying. And um, it woke the whole house up, not just Dean and Julie. And it woke the whole house up. Like there was literally a kid screaming bloody murder crying. They search the whole house. They can't find anything. All of a sudden, it just stops. And uh, they, they hear this kid crying all the time. They still hear it to this day. And uh, they the daughter was seeing a woman uh, in, in black, like black gown and didn't have a face, had a black face. She called it a woman in black. And in our episode we did for Ghost Nation, that's what they named the uh, episode was the woman in black. And uh, the lady in black, actually. But uh, she actually came face to face with her. The daughter did, uh, which her name was um, Lydia. And um, she came face to face with her in the hallway. And she was so scared that she ran down the stairs and, and knocked the TV off of the wall. And um, she was just frightened of whatever. And she slept in the attic. And she was totally frightened of, of, of this thing. And uh, she was only 14. She was a great kid. Uh, I had met her in the first investigation that we did. And that's when we called the, you know, I'll kill her kids. And uh, in the same night, we I captured another EVP in the mother and father's room. And that's where they were seeing the lady of black, too. It would stare over the mother for some reason. It was totally eerie when they were, the husband had seen this woman. 
leaning over the bed, staring at the wife. You know, I mean, that's totally creepy. But uh, I captured this EVP right after we caught the clip, I'll kill his kids. And I was here, it says, I want my baby. That was it. That was a clip. I hope you guys heard that. We'll play it again. I mean, you can hear it like, it's kind of almost like kind of in despair. Like, I want my baby, you know? And uh, what's really cool is, you know, Ghost Nation, we had a hard time digging into the history of the place because the historical society was never open, but Ghost Nation was able to get into the historical society and dig up records. And uh, we did find out that there was a cult uh, that came through there in the 60s and a woman and a child were murdered uh, and they were thrown in a swamp. They called this place the uh, murder swamp. And uh, they people, the mob was involved in Newcastle up there with gambling and illegal stuff. And uh, they were killing people, throwing people in, in the swamp. And this is where they found the little girl and the mother was in that swamp. But it, it, I think the swamp is only not far from the house, maybe a couple blocks away from the house. And it's just kind of a weird coincidence. You know, you're getting a woman saying, I want my baby. You're hearing a baby crying in this location. And two blocks away, they find a woman and her daughter dead. So kind of, kind of strange, man. Kind of strange. Uh, and I will. Uh, I'll play that clip one more time now. I want my baby clip. That's a good clip. That is a really cool clip, man. That is really cool. Um, but yeah, we, we're, we're probably going to go back to that case. Um, we're supposed to go back. We're supposed to go back in September, but they, uh, they postponed it. And... You know, I, I understand why. I think they're kind of kind of sketchy on it, you know, of having us back. But um, we've already been back there quite a few times since then, since since Lydia's death. Um, yeah, and she actually died two months after we did this reveal with the, you know, we told the, you know, the husband that, you know, we, we captured this, this EVP, you know, I'll kill you kill your kids it's gonna kill his kids you know and i'm like he's like ain't nobody gonna kill my kids and dean's a big guy he's a hell of a nice guy but he's a big dude he i would want to tangle with him you know he's a big guy he used to be a power lifter and he, he's not worried he's not afraid of much and uh he but definitely he's still not afraid of whatever's in the house but you know we get a call two months later and they had found uh lydia in the attic and she had passed away and uh it, it was uh it was a really somber moment for me because I never thought something like that would happen. And uh, she she had passed away, and I had car, called Carl, and I was like, hey, man, like, you know, she, she passed away. And we were both couldn't believe it. I was, I was pretty upset about it. It's still something that I got to live with every day that this happened. Um, I never thought this kind of thing could happen, but it, it happened. You know, and they're like, well, she had a heart problem. I'm, I'm like, yeah, but. If something scares you enough and you have a heart condition, it can kill you. It can cause you to go into cardiac arrest and you can die. And it was messing with her a lot. And she slept in the attic. She would wake up faces over top of hers, you know, just, it's just crazy stuff. This thing picked on her. 
and then she passed away, and it was just a tough thing for me. I stopped investigating for two years after that, and um, I didn't know if I was going to get back into this or not because I, I thought, uh, you know, that I, I felt responsible, kind of, that you know we were there, and maybe we provoked this thing to happen, and I don't know. It just it was a, it was a, just a situation that I'd never been in before, and um, I had always told people that ghosts. You know, they can't hurt you. And uh, I was, I think I was definitely wrong in that because um, she's no longer here anymore. And um, that's something you got to live with. You know, that's, that's a lot of people don't, uh, that's the bad part about paranormal investigating is you, you can get hurt. That, there's not, there's no doubt about it. These, we have no idea what the capability of these things are, what they can do. Can they kill you? It's possible. We don't know there's, if they can move refrigerators and furniture across the room they can surely lift you up and throw you across the room as well you know that they can they can hurt you without a doubt I, i'm never going to say that again that something these things can't hurt you are they ghosts i don't know what they are you know i have more questions than answers they could be ghosts i don't know you know i, I don't think anybody really knows you know i don't if they do hey the proof's in the pudding you know you got to show me I want to see it. Produce the evidence. That's the best part. Producing the evidence. You know, that's that's my main goal when I'm investigating. I want to get video, audio. Um, there's there's some cool stuff. Like I said, we use the meters and stuff like that. But is that proof of, you know, paranormal uh, activity? You know, is that real proof? So... You got to figure that out on your own and try to try to come up with some kind of answer to, you know, did that, why did that meter go off? Why did that K2 go off? You know, uh, it's definitely picking up electric magnetic fields, but what caused it to go off? Now, we did just have something like that recently with, with our new guys. They were there. Tom was there. Nick was there. Carl was there. I was there. Um, we heard a disembodied voice in a, in a case we did in marietta and um we had a k2 uh tom was holding a k2 and it just started going off for no reason there was nothing there but you know it's going off and we're like we're looking at it and we're like man it's weird what the hell it's going off and he's like can you make it go up to the red it goes up to the red boom it's going off going off and all of a sudden it just it stops it's gone you know it's it's nothing Right after that, we hear a male voice, this whispery male voice. And we are in time, we're like, did you hear that? That was, that was a voice. And uh, Tom's like, yeah, that was definitely a voice. He called us. Yeah, man, we heard it. We heard it. I heard it over there by you. Nick actually actually thought it was his stomach because he was having stomach issues all night. I'm like, nah, that wasn't your stomach. That was a voice for sure. I'm going to play that clip for you right now. See if you guys can make out what it's saying. Stop that point. Can I see them? Yeah. Did you guys see something over there? No, that's not something. That's not even a word. Yeah, no, that was whispering. Nobody whispering? I heard it over there. You heard it, right? I don't know where you guys are. Yeah. That was a, that was a man's voice or something. Mm-hmm.
So that was definitely uh that was definitely a man's voice. I'm gonna play that clip for you guys again too. Um and you hear me in the beginning, I'm like, that was weird to stop. But that's when the K2 just stopped. And then right after that, you know, we heard that voice. And I'll play that clip for you again. See if you guys can figure out what he's saying. Stop that point. Can I see them? Yeah. Did you guys say something over there? No, that's not like that. That's not like a word. Yeah, no, that was whispering. Nobody whispered? I heard it over there. You heard it, right? Oh, you guys are. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, when I, I put it on a computer, it says, I'm beside you. That's exactly what it says. It says, I'm beside you. And we didn't see a damn thing. I know I didn't see anything. Tom's out there in the chat room. I don't think Tom's seen anything either. It was definitely crazy, man. Uh, we were just like, and this is the first time uh, Tom has ever experienced uh, a disembodied voice, I think. So he was uh, he was pretty pumped up. I knew, uh, I was hoping something like that would happen in the investigation because the house is really cool and uh, really old, super, super old. And uh, we actually dug into the history of it a little bit, uh, Nick did, and uh, we found the memoirs of the house. Uh, a girl had wrote her memoirs of the house, and um, we come to find out in the 1800s, they didn't like going in the attic either because uh, <laughs> they thought it was haunted. And come to find out, a man hung himself in that attic. Uh, the, the, the previous owner hung himself in the attic, and it's uh, documented. In, in the memoirs, uh, it was super cool. We were, he sent it back. Uh, I think I read the first 15 pages, and then uh, Nick got down to the other 15, and he he underlined. He goes, "Look, dude, look." I was like, "Wow, that is that's freaking awesome." So we're definitely we're going back. Hollow Eve, Halloween Eve, baby. We're going back, and we're going there from Halloween Eve into Halloween. So. I've never investigated on Halloween, so supposedly it's demonic hour. So we're going to go there Halloween Eve into Halloween and see what we get. And uh, Tom said he was a heavy feeling in the attic. I didn't get to spend much time up in the attic, but I'm going up there. I'm going to camp out there next time. We're going to we're going to put some objects, some trigger objects, and uh, maybe Todd can set up his uh, SLS up there. To set up their stationary, put a camera on it and see if, you know, something comes into view of it. And the bell room. How about the bell room, boys? That was awesome, man. We definitely we definitely caught some stuff in the bell room. Um, I, don't, I don't have a clip up for it, but uh, there was definitely some stuff in the bell room. I caught it. Um, I wish I would have put it up one here, but I did not put it up one here. Um, damn it. I should have put it up one here. You guys would have liked that clip. It was a clip basically of a sounds like a female maybe saying go hide it's like go hide and uh i don't know why they would hide from us but you know it seems like that's that's the going rate anymore when you're trying to investigate um i have one more really cool clip to play for you guys this was a case i did you don't like this this is a badass clip you don't like this clip this this validates demonic things so
It's demonic. But uh, it's a super cool clip. This girl was in the service, and um, she would go away on drill, but she was having a lot of paranormal things happen. And this is another one, another case. This girl's been having paranormal activity to, done with her, you know, happening to her her whole life. Even as she goes away on drill, people in the barracks are experiencing paranormal activity because of her. Things are moving. Uh, she said one time they were all in the shower and they came out and there was a shower, a towel on a shower rack. And the towel was pulled straight out like someone was holding the towel out. And they're all looking at it and it just dropped like someone let it go and it fell to the floor. But it was sticking straight out like someone was holding it, like pulling it out, and it just fell straight to the floor. And this girl was pretty religious. She was a Catholic. And uh, one thing she told me when I first started investigating, when I first started investigating the home was she was afraid of the devil. Now, I was, you know, I tried to assure her that, you know, I've never seen any devil, I've never seen anything demonic. And I've been in cases with demonic possession, and it just was just, it was just crap, you know, just crap. But, um, so she's scared to death of the devil. She's telling me this. I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared of the devil. So I'm like, okay. Okay. So we're recording, right? Now, I didn't hear this at the time. I turned on my handheld. We just started investigating. We grew up in her bedroom. She says a lot of things happen in her bedroom. So, bam, I turned the, the handheld on. I got cameras running throughout the house. Turn the handheld on. Hit the recorder. The recorder's on. I never stop recording from the time I go in to the time I leave. So the recorder's up. I'm recording. Turn the camera on. I turn the camera on. I catch this voice, and it's super cool. So I'll let you guys hear it, see if you can make it out. So if they want to make contact. That was it right there. It's real whispery. I'll play it again, see if you guys can make out. Somebody can make out what it says. Put it in the chat. Play it one more time. Anybody out there make out what that said? If you can't make it out, I'll put it in there. Nope, it doesn't say that. I'm not already it doesn't say I'm already done. I'll play it one more time. That's it, Tom. Tom got it. I'm the devil. That's what it says. <laughs> Yep, Nick got it too. I'm the devil. I'll play it one more time. That is a bad-ass clip. There you go, man. That's it. I'm the devil. Yeah, you already know, Sarge. I gave that to you. <laughs> Sarge actually heard that clip before. That is an awesome-ass clip, man. That's That's one of my top 10 great clips i really like that doesn't mean that's they're really the devil there but it was something there that was feeding off of her fear saying i'm the devil and none of us said it that's for damn sure i didn't hear it and uh don didn't hear it she didn't hear it but when we played the recorder back we heard it so that was uh that's all the evps i have for tonight um our next episode we're gonna we're gonna dig into this marietta case i'm gonna have nick on we're going to talk about the, uh, the history of the house, and uh, maybe uh, maybe we'll skip that one and do another one because we're going to do we're going to do that case again the thirtieth 
or maybe we'll do it after Halloween. That's what we should do. We'll do it after Halloween because we're going to have more evidence and hopefully we have better evidence than we had. And we caught some pretty cool stuff for the first case. So, I mean, we called Great Disembodied Voice. We caught some other stuff up in the bell room. I'm hoping we get a hell of a lot more when we get back. And uh, I still got a couple more audio sessions to go over. Uh, nothing on video, unfortunately. Didn't get the dog. Supposedly they see a black German Shepherd in the house, but, you know, no, uh, no, no, no black German Shepherd. We didn't get it on video, so that was a bummer, but damn it. Maybe next time we'll get it on there, but uh, definitely, you know, come back. Tune in, guys, because uh, we're going to have some really cool stuff, man. We're going to have some good stuff. We're going to have all my clients on here that I've done that are, will agree to come on and talk about their paranormal experiences. We're going to have special guests. And we're going to dig into more stuff other than ghosts and demonics and things that we're going to talk about, UFOs. We're going to talk about Bigfoot. I'm going to have some people from Bigfoot on here, Bigfoot experts, UFOs. Cryptids, man, we're doing, we're doing, we're going to do it all, dude. We're going to knock, we're going to dabble into every part of paranormal weirdness you can possibly imagine. Um, so definitely, definitely come back, listen, like, share, because we're going to get into some really cool stuff. We're going to have some really famous parapsychologists on here, Dr. Barry Taff. I might even be able to squeeze Jason uh, from Ghost Hunters on here, too. I'm part of the Taps family, so. I'll send him a message. Maybe I can get him on here talking about some stuff, you know, get you guys, you know, interacting with him in the chat. That'd be cool with you guys. Uh, it's possible. I don't know if it's, if he'll come on, but I'll try to get him on. Um, probably trying to get uh, Lloyd Erbach on here too. He's a famous parapsychologist. We're going to get some, you, you know, some people from MUFON on here. Uh, I know a couple people from MUFON. I'm going to get them on here. Uh, probably get Chris Cesare on here talking about his famous case that he did uh, while he was in college. He was haunted by a ghost in college. So it, it's going to be fun, man. We're going to have uh, a lot of guests. We're going to do a lot of things. And uh, probably have uh, Big Sarge on here from Ghost House Paranormal, too, talking about some of his stuff that he's experienced. He actually caught a really good clip that I. You guys have to check it out. If you go to maybe, I don't know if Sarge has put it up on his website or anything yet, but if he gets it up on his website, check it out. He's got this REM pod that I made for him. A freaking light anomaly hits the REM pod, knocks it over, leaves a freaking awesome ass like residual light energy after the thing falls over. It's freaking awesome. I've never seen anything like that before. If Sarge gets it up, I'll get him to post it. Check his check his podcast out, Disembodied Voices. He's on Tuesdays, 7 p.m. Go check him out. He's going to be doing some cool stuff, too. So we're going to be collaborating on some cool stuff. So HAPS, Ghost Ops Paranormal, we're going to be doing some good-ass things. So definitely come back. Join us. Like us. Share us. Love us. Do all that good, good, good stuff. And, uh. We'll catch you next Thursday, 7 p.m. New case, new files. Bam, we're out. Have a good evening, everybody. See you next Thursday, 7 p.m.